to us a little bit about what the Lord had put in my spirit called sent. Can you turn to your neighbor and say sent? When Matt had called me several weeks ago or however long it was, when he was trying to plan whether or not that lockdowns would permit uh, gathering without limits, and he didn't want to jump the gun, but when we were talking on the phone, speaking to each other, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and, and jumped in my spirit and gave me a word for this evening's service. And I said to him not to be uh, facetious or not to uh, be presumptuous, I should say. And I said, I feel like you don't have any worries. that We are going to have this youth convention. There is going to be a youth convention. There's going to be a gathering in New Brunswick. God is going to have his way. In Jesus' name. So in that moment, the Lord had put this word, this just one word in my spirit, and that word is sent. Everybody say sent. Shout sent. I thank God for what he has done, such incredible preaching that has uh, uh, caught us this weekend, and um, the moves of God and the waves of the Spirit, the things which we have observed. And so tonight, with all that we have experienced, I feel the Holy Ghost would send us out of here to do something great for God in this generation. Somebody say amen. So in John chapter number 20, the disciples and Mary arrive at Jesus' borrowed tomb. Something I want to mention just now at the onset of this message is this, that Jesus was conceived in a borrowed tomb or a borrowed womb. Also, a borrowed tomb was he buried. And then we see when the Holy Ghost was poured out, he borrowed an upper room. This is so because the earth is the Lord's in everything that is in it. But this earth is not our home. We don't, we don't need to grab a hold of anything and hold tightly to anything in this world knowing that this world is not our home. We would do well tonight to take the, the admonition of Jesus not to try to claim ownership to anything, but knowing we are just borrowing it for a little bit of time. Somebody say amen. I'm not too attached to my car. I'm not too attached to my house. I'm not too attached to anything in this world other than the things that God has given me because I'm not planning to stay around here. I'm not planning to hang around a whole lot longer. I am planning to walk upon streets of gold. I'm planning to see Jesus real soon. I know that the clock is ticking in our ears, but spiritually speaking, there's a clock that is ticking. If we need anything in these closing moments of time, I trust that we understand today that God will supply the need. When Jesus came in upon a donkey, he told his disciples before he ever got that donkey, to go and tell somebody at such and such a place that the Lord has need of it. Can I just tell you right now, on the onset of this message, that everything we need is in Jesus Christ. Everything we need to get the job done in this last hour is in Jesus Christ. The church will have revival. The church will be triumphant and victorious. 
Hallelujah. But the month was Nisan, not the Nisan that you drive. But the first month of the religious calendar, the day was the 14th. It was a Friday night, the evening of Passover, when Jesus was crucified. It was on this day, the day that Jesus cried, It is finished, when the sun was turned into darkness. Experts say that on the day that Jesus died in, in 33 CE, a total eclipse occurred, blocking the sun for a total of four minutes and six seconds. An obscuring of the light is really what an eclipse is. It's when one celestial body comes in between another. And it was per se, or, or so it was at that time that spiritually there was a great eclipse because the Bible says of that day that people were sitting in great darkness. Do we understand today that people are sitting in great darkness? That people more now than ever are in need of a light that can change their life. They're in need of a church that is on fire. They are in need of a people that have not put their light under a bushel. No, but refuse to have the light blown out. Understanding that at this particular time when Jesus would hang upon a cross, when Jesus would be suspended between heaven and in earth, no doubt Satan was gleeful and Satan's minions and demons were gleeful that day that this king of kings, this lord of lords, this rabbi, prophet, good teacher was now bleeding upon a cross. Coming in between everything that God had ever hoped for, for humanity. Satan wanted to destroy that light. But something different was going on that particular day. And at noon, darkness came over the whole land, Mark chapter 15 says. Until three in the afternoon, and at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Not because he was not God, but for the very first time, his humanity felt what it was to feel sin. Jesus had never sinned. Jesus had never committed a wrong. But in that moment, his humanity felt the weight and the darkness of sin. And you and I have all felt the weight and the darkness of sin. But aren't you glad today that Jesus rose, that Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave? <laughs> Hallelujah. But we all have felt separated from God. I want you to understand that what you are part of is the greatest thing inside of this earth. I want you to understand that you are not here by accident this weekend. God has called you here to send you out of here to change your world. But time is ticking. Somebody say time is ticking. Lest you get confused by the lights and the beautiful presentation, Calvary was not as beautiful as what we see here tonight. But because of Calvary, a whole lot of beauty came out of it. Because Jesus got back up, we can celebrate today. 
we can celebrate today. Hallelujah. But it was gory. It was bloody. Joel prophesied about it in the book of Acts. It was quoted what Joel said. He said, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. It was proven historically. Julius Africana spoke of it. He said, on the whole world there pressed the most fearful darkness. The rocks were rent by an earthquake. The many places in Judea and other districts were thrown down. This darkness, referring to another historian, Thallus, in the third book of his history, calls, as it appears to me without reason, eclipse of the sun. Another Greek historian, Phlegon, speaks of it. He is not a Christian uh, historian. He's just a Greek historian. In the fourth year of the 202nd Olympiad, which is 33 A.D., there was the greatest eclipse of the sun, and that it became night in the sixth hour of the day, noontime. So the stars even appeared in the heavens. There was a great earthquake in Bithynia, and many things were overturned in Nicaea. I could go on. Tertullian also spoke of that day, speaking of this eclipsing of the sun, that when the darkness would come in and overshadow the earth. I want you to know today we're living in a dark hour. We're living in a moment where we can feel the darkness upon the earth, but just in the moment where Satan feels like he has the advantage, we have a reminder in the Word of God that he's an overcomer. He overcame overcame the cross, the death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The stone indeed was rolled away. Because on Sunday morning we recognize that Jesus Christ, he did not stay inside of that grave. It was here the day after the Sabbath on the first day of the week that God's prophetic time clock had met its landing. Everything that Jesus came to do was now finished. The whole entire, entirety of, uh, of the human race was resting upon this moment when Jesus would be crucified and he would go into the lower parts of the earth and then Jesus would rise again from the grave. Everything was resting upon that and the hand clock of God's time came to a screeching halt when Jesus Christ got back up out of the grave. You see, in the Old Testament, there were several different feasts. One of them, at the time that Jesus was crucified, was the Passover. It was a festival, the very first festival. And so, to inaugurate this, Jesus is actually crucified on the Passover. And then, the day after this, the unleavened bread for seven days begins to kick in. And during this particular feast for seven days, which started by a Sabbath and ended by a Sabbath, and it was on this particular day, 
On this particular day, when in history a priest would take a little bit of barley and he'd begin to wave it in the air as an acceptance that now it is a time we can enjoy the harvest. And so when Jesus arose on that day, when he resurrected, it was a confirmation to everybody that knew the word of God that Jesus was the accepted sacrifice, that what Jesus had done had cleared the way for every single body in this room, that no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, no matter what you did, Jesus cleared the way for you. Jesus made a way for you. They would take that barley, take it in his hand and wave it in the air. And the thing was about this is that you, can't, you couldn't just go take this for yourself because it had to first be accepted by the high priest. You could not just go grab a piece of harvest and eat it. Couldn't do it. It's against the law because the first belonged unto God. And we understand today as Christians that the first belongs to God. The first of everything that we do belongs unto God. Somebody say amen. And so it was that, that when Jesus rose again in this particular time, it was a signal that he's the first fruits. He's the beginning. And so Jesus rose from the grave and then 50 days later there was another harvest. There's the early harvest and a latter harvest. And on the latter harvest, on Pentecost, not only did Jesus get back up from the grave, 120 people in the upper room got up from the grave and they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. signifying that there's nobody here under the sound of my voice no matter how bad you've been no matter what you did that you cannot experience what Jesus experienced for you hallelujah he was the first he was the first come on somebody he was the first and because he was the first you don't have to be the last You don't have to count yourself out and say, God, be the last person that God would ever love. I'd be the last person that God would ever invest in. No, because Jesus was the first, he made a way for you. Hallelujah. He made a way for you. I want you to think about it today. He made a way for you. It was everything that, that we see that Jesus lived for. It was his passion. He lived for us. He died for us. He rose again for us. And I got news for you today. He's alive right now, living for us. Hallelujah. I want you to know there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power to turn your life around. There's power to change your destiny. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, it don't matter. Somebody shout, it don't matter. Because I've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I've taken some time here this evening. I hope it's all right. But 
I want you to fully understand God's intention upon that day. I want you to understand that everything that God did was lined up. There was no coincidence. I want you to understand for the seven festivals that they celebrated every year, God aligned this perfectly so that when Jesus came, that everything that he would do would align to the perfect, typical plan that was in the scriptures that every Jew, if they really were honest, they could understand that this was no coincidence. Can I say to you today that your life is not a coincidence? Can I tell you today, oh my God, can I tell you today that you, God didn't overlook you. You didn't stumble in here by yourself. God found you. God saw you. There is no such thing as a coincidence with God. God saw you. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Nathan, I just got to pick on you. I remember in CCC, probably back in 2008, you just returned to church. I remember sitting behind you, praying for you, but the power of God was all over you. You couldn't wait to the altar that day. You fell out on the floor. You tried to make your way to talk to Jesus. You fell down on your face that day, and forever you were changed. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. That that's what happened. I could tell you testimony after testimony. Why? Because God's an on-time God. He's not behind in your life. He's on time right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know you have all of heaven behind you. You have all of heaven behind you. You have the most powerful thing that is in this planet. I don't care who has the status or who has the money or who has all the accolades of this world. You have the most powerful thing in this world. Hallelujah. I just believe that we have the power to change our world. I just believe we have the power to change our churches and to change our communities. I believe we have that power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for what he's done in this place and the deliverance, the prophetic word and the infilling of the spirit. What we feel is not the culmination. It's just the beginning. Look around in this room. It's not going to be long when we're not going to be able to hold the people that God is sending in this end time hour. I'm telling you right now. I'm not guessing. I'm telling you. We're not going to be able to hold the revival that God is sending in this hour. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Come on, revival can happen anywhere. It can happen on your way to school. It can happen on your job. It can happen. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. But I want you to understand where the power comes from 
It came because Jesus had a plan for us. Every second counted. It happened at 3 o'clock. It was the time of the evening sacrifice. It was right according to plan. The enemy thought that now we've got Jesus. Now we have him crucified. But what they did not understand is that they were just playing into God's timing. Woo. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. But I refuse to believe the report of the enemy. I refuse to believe that. I believe that everybody wants Jesus. I believe that. I believe that every soul in my city wants Jesus Christ. And you know, because I believe it, I act like it. I act like it because I believe that they want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe they want to be baptized. I believe that they want to be delivered because I believe. I believe. You see, you have to understand is that everything God has done was to a moment, to a specific time where he would die on the cross and say it is finished and, and later on and the third day he would rise again and, and he would meet Mary Magdalene and the disciples at the tomb. But Jesus did some very specific things during that time. The Bible lets us know that, that the devil really, he, 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 he did not really understand because the Bible said if he had known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, when Jesus was crucified, when he was uh, 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 brought into the grave, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, number 8 to 10, it says, Wherefore he saith, he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. I like this, and he says, he gave gifts unto men. It says, not, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He descended in the, same, uh, in the same also that he ascended far above all heavens, that he might fulfill all things. And so what happened when Jesus was lowered into that grave? It was borrowed because he didn't plan on staying there very long. He just needed it for a few nights. Hello, somebody. He didn't, he didn't plan on keeping it. He didn't need his own specialized custom grave because he wasn't planning on staying here. We're not staying here very long, church. We're heading out of here real soon in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Is that hope inside of anybody here today? Is the hope of salvation and of eternity inside of anybody? Hallelujah. And so... He's going down into the lower parts of the earth. And here is where Jesus is going to do his greatest work. His blood has been shed, but that's not the problem only. His blood had to be shed for our salvation. But he was going to deal, deal with everything that binds us. He was going to take captivity captive. All the things that try to destroy your life, all the hang-ups, all the hurts, everything that's ever happened to you, Jesus was descending into the lower parts of the earth because he was going to give hell a surprise. He was going to give hell a rude awakening that you have no power anymore. You have no liberty anymore in this world. 
So he descends into the lower parts of the earth. And I, I, you got to understand is that, that Jesus, what they did to him was absolutely illegal. Do you know that? Because he had never sinned before. It was absolutely illegal. And it was just the plan of God that when they crucified Jesus, Jesus was able to walk down into where hell was. The lower parts of the earth. And I don't know what it, how it all played out that day. But when Jesus went down into the lower part of the earth, when he was down, I don't know what all he did for those days that he was under, underground. And the Bible says in the lower part of the earth. But I know what the scripture tells me. He led captivity captive. He did some preaching when he was down there. He let the devil know that, hey, you may have tried to try to steal this thing by, by, by deceit because you're a deceiver and because you're a liar. But I have news for you. I have overcome. I have risen from the dead. You have no power anymore. You have no authority anymore. And so the devil, because he did it illegally, he now has to hand over the keys. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, he has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Satan don't have them anymore. Do you understand before that moment that Satan had legal power over every single person? He can drag you around. He can do what he wants to do to your life. And you have no ability over it. He's going to drag you to hell. Hell is a real place, folks. It's a real place, but it wasn't created for us. It was created for the devil and those spirits that follow the devil. It's not created for anybody in this room. Listen to me right now. I've said it several times, but it don't matter what you've done, where you've been. Hell is not for you. Hell is not for you. It's for the devil. And what Jesus did, when he got down there, the devil had to hand it over because he recognized what I have done. I don't have the legal power to do. This is an innocent man. He has innocent blood. He, come on, come on somebody. He'd never sinned. He'd never committed a wrong. But all the sin of the world was placed upon his shoulders. And in that moment, the righteous man, Jesus Christ, purchased our salvation. Hallelujah. He purchased it. You say, why, why are you preaching all of this the last night of a youth convention? I'm preaching all of this at the last night of a youth convention because our world needs to know the theology of salvation. Our world needs to know the doctrine of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us and what he can do for them. And we got to get it in our spirit of what Jesus has done for us so we can tell everybody else, I'm a witness of what God has done in my life and he can do it for you. He can do it for you. Hallelujah. I thank God for our church. We're going to do the best job we can so we can get people to church. That's great. But you know what? I'm not just trying to invite somebody to my church. 
I'm trying to witness to them that they can pass from darkness into marvelous light. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm working with God. I'm praying to God that God would match me up with somebody on my daily journey every day that I live. It's my prayer. God, help me to find somebody that needs you. Hallelujah. If we think that people are coming to church because of how we do church, we are mistaken. They are coming to church because they were lost and they're in need of a Savior. And the Savior is here. Hallelujah. 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 Forgive me, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but we need to get an understanding of who God is in us and who God is to this world. We need to get an understanding of what God is up to in this last hour because he's drawing people to himself. Hallelujah. We don't got time to play any church. The clock is ticking. We don't have time to play church any longer. We're racing the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming soon. And we got to work for God while it is yet day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could you just lift up your voice in prayer right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Come on, there are angels in this room. We can entertain angels. Come on right now. There's the angelic presence in this room. God is sending forth His Spirit, sending angels into this house to go with us to accomplish the work that He has sent us to accomplish. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I got to be honest, I feel a bit uncomfortable. I told Pastor Jack I feel a bit nervous because this isn't your typical way to end a youth convention. But God has put something very heavy on me that I believe that if we'll respond to it, that God is going to send some people from this room and that we are going to do a work for God that we like we've never seen before. So forgive me if this isn't typical or if I seem a bit off. I just I just feel a burden to 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 go away from the the typical route that we might usually go in hopes that somehow that a burden would settle upon us, that God would help us to be persuaded in our minds that we can be used by God, young people, that we can be sent by God, that we can do greater works than even the apostles or even those disciples ever accomplished. But before we are sent, we must be sent with something. We must be empowered with something. 
there must be something in our mind and something that's in our spirit, something that has got a hold of us that will propel us to live for God, not just for the sake of, of somebody telling me at a youth convention or my mom or my dad or my pastor preaching to me, but because I have been commissioned by God to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Is there anybody in this room today that you want to preach the gospel to souls? You want to see people come to the knowledge of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Because there's a broad way that was spoken of this morning. It's leading to destruction. Many people are on that way. They're headed that direction. But what Jesus did for us when he ascended and first descended, the Bible says that he gave gifts unto men. Do you know what those gifts are? They are men. And they are women. Because in the later portion of that scripture, he said he gave some apostles and some prophets, some pastors, and some teachers, and some evangelists. In other words, all the people that the devil tried to destroy. You can hear me. All the people the devil tried to destroy that are in this room. He tried to get you on drugs. He tried to get you on alcohol. He tried to get you on perversion. He tried to get you in stealing and lying. He tried to mess your life with all kinds of things. Why? So he could take you and make you a jewel in his crown for his glory. So later he could stomp upon you. And the Bible says you'll be good as dung. Do you know that's what the devil does? He'll take your ability to play music. He'll use it in the clubs and he'll use it in the places to get people all messed up. He'll take your gift that was given to you by God and he'll mess it up, mess you up with it. And then he'll walk out on you. He'll walk out on you because he don't care about you. He's a liar. But when Jesus went down into the lower parts of the earth, he put an end to that. And he said, hey, I'm going to restore some people. I'm going to bring some deliverance to some people. And I'm going to give some gifts to the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Your testimony is before you. If God has delivered you, you're a gift to the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. If you've served God your whole life, you're a gift to the church. If you've lived for God faithfully, you're a gift to the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are the gifts. These are the gifts. You are the gift. You're the gift of God to this world. You're the answer to their lostness. You're the answer to their problem. You. Because you have it within you the knowledge of God and the spirit of God. And with the knowledge of God and the spirit of God, you can see a revival. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. To our feet. Hallelujah. If you could just pray with me. Hallelujah. Just silently, close, quietly, just pray. I'm going to get our music to come back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. I want to show you just a couple gifts from God that God's been doing at our, our, our local church recently. They can just throw them up the screen one by one. This is Jake. He doesn't even know this picture's here. In fact, I've never met Jake. I've met him by email. But he had just been studying the scripture, wanted to know more about God, and wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name because God was drawing him. And last weekend... They baptized Jake in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. I don't know what Jake's going to become, but I know he's a gift to the kingdom of God. He's one, we sang the song, hell lost another one. I'm telling you right now that God is raising up gifts for this end time hour. God is raising up people that are going to go and preach the gospel and do great things for God. I'm so excited to see what God does in Jake's life. Put another one on the screen. This is little Georgia. She's probably here in this room tonight. She's just a young girl at our church. Loves God. Her birthday was coming up, I think her 11th or 12th birthday. And she, she wanted to be baptized before she, she turned uh, 11 or 12. And, and she told her mom about it. And we brought her to the water the day before her birthday. We buried her in the name of Jesus. She come out of the water, stammering in her lips, tears coming down her face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. What was so beautiful about it is because this week while I was away, on v and they were having vacation Bible school, and in the back parking lot of our church, God filled Georgia with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here's another one. This happened this morning at one church while I was away. I'm going to tell you, this thing, this thing isn't built upon a person. It's built upon a conviction. A conviction upon this rock. I will build my church in the gates of hell. Will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a voice clip on my phone that David sent me. He's probably watching online right now. But David was just on fire for God, trying to do something for God in his own way, teaching Bible studies. And he came to church, and I was preaching one morning about, about baptism. He said, I want to hear about baptism. I want to hear about miracles. Want to hear about that, but then he started to listen and hear and realize he wasn't baptized the right way. But with conviction, he began to study the word of God, conversation back and forth until he could no longer stay out of the water. And this morning, he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. Because hell has no power over this church. This is a revival church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is my favorite one of them. Because last weekend after my niece and here in White had been away from the church for probably close to three years, got involved in drugs and moved to Toronto at 14 years old. Police couldn't do anything because the boyfriend was within five years old, age of her, and the police couldn't do a thing. My brother, who was brought out of drugs himself and all kinds of uh, things that he was doing, was heartbroken, felt like God had abandoned him, God had got to let him down. But in just in the right time, God got a hold of her. She came to the altar last weekend speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the ability. Hallelujah. With those shoes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout sent. Tonight, we're looking for some people. God is looking for some people that will change your footwear and say, you know what? I'm not going to walk the way I used to walk. I'm going to put my shoes on for God, and I'm going to preach the gospel of peace. Because the Bible says our feet are, are the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. To somebody tonight, this is just a free pair of shoes. Anybody a size 10, a guy, a guy size, size 10 in the room, quickest person, get down here, quick. Incoming, 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 incoming. Is there a lady with a size 8 here? Come on, is there anybody? You can take these back to Costco and get every color you want. Is there anybody size 8? Come on. Are they, you want to wear, there you go, right there. But we need some people. You can clap for that. But we need some people tonight. 
that will take the call and be sent by God. We need some people today that will put on some shoes and say, hey, I'm going to go to my high school this year to have a revival. I'm going to go bearing the gospel of peace. Those guys with the stickers could come and help me. In this place, in John chapter number 20, Scripture's going to be on the screen. John chapter number 20, 19 to 23. Guys, just kind of line up here. You got my stickers. John chapter 20, verse number 19 to 23. It says, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, listen, the first thing Jesus said when he came back from the grave. What's it say? Peace. This is what the world is looking for. This is what the world cannot buy. This is what everybody around you is trying to accomplish. They're trying to accomplish it through many ways, but they're looking for peace. And Jesus had never addressed it this way. He had never spoken to his disciples this way. But when he arose and came back, ascended, he walks into the room because they're afraid of the, what's going to happen with the Romans. Their, their lives are in jeopardy. Jesus walks into the room and just says, peace. Peace. In fact, three times in this chapter, Jesus appears and Jesus says, peace be unto you. Speaks it over their life. Puts it inside of them. Because they are going to go into all the world, into a hostile world. And they are going to bring the gospel that brings peace. The gospel that helps governments. The gospel that helps racism. The gospel that helps people that are bound and addicted and bruised. says peace and this is what I like most of all in this scripture peace unto you as my father has sent me even so send I you he is not speaking like the father pointed across the room and said son you go do the dirty work no he is not speaking of that but he said as my father sent me even so send I you so you got to backtrack a little bit and find out how did the Father send the Son. The Bible says that Jesus was conceived of the... Let's try it again. Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. So what happened on that day when, when Mary conceived, the Holy Ghost <sighs> blew upon her womb. All of a sudden, that empty womb now became the capacity to carry the Messiah to the world. But she was breathed on by the Holy Ghost. In other words, Mary brought Jesus into the world. She was sent by the Holy Ghost. Something moved upon her womb. It was the Spirit of God. And so when God wanted to come into this world, His breath his spirit moved upon a willing vessel. And in that moment, he was carried to the world. So Jesus said here, he said, in like manner, I'm going to send you. And you notice the next thing he says. 
he begins to do the exact same thing that happened to Mary. He began to breathe on her, breathe on them. The Bible says in verse 22, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive the, the Holy Ghost. They didn't receive it at that moment, but he was telling them something. I am going to send you into this world, but you're going to need something inside of you. You're going to need the Holy Ghost. You're going to need the Holy Ghost, but if you have the Holy Ghost, you can go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I have these guys, I'm just going to get them to spread over this congregation. I'm going to, they're going to stick a sticker on you that says sent. If you're up for the challenge tonight, we're going to come to this altar. We're going to ask God to breathe on us. We're going to ask God to send us out of this youth convention with something that He has put in us all weekend, but something we cannot just keep for ourselves, something that we must go share with our friends, something that we must go on the search for to find somebody who God is wanting to save. They won't have time to get everybody a sticker. So if you want one, after a few moments, you can come to the altar and get one. But here's how we're going to end this altar call today. If Bishop Min, could you just come today? Pastor, could you bring him down? The elder at 20 years old was not content to stay in Heartland, New Brunswick. But he had a burden and a conviction. You can even sit him down if it's easier. If you know the bishop, He's never lost his passion. I've been with him so many times. There's never been a time I didn't watch his eyes glaze across a restaurant or glaze across the way to see if he can connect with somebody in hopes that he could tell them about Jesus. His daily prayer is simply this. Jesus, I'm good to go, but if I can help somebody else, I'm content to stay. His whole life has been about the mission, but at 20 years old, he refused to stay in New Brunswick. But he said, I will go to Nova Scotia and make sure Nova Scotia has heard how they can get their sins remitted. He was not content just to preach in churches that already had people, but he would go and plant churches until there was somebody to preach to. That's the kind of man that is standing here today, and God is looking for some people that will go and do likewise. God spoke something very clearly to me. God told me there are some people in this room today that you are going to receive a call to a mission.
For some of you, it may be overseas. For some of you, it might be here in New Brunswick or in a neighboring province in Canada. Who knows where it's going to be? But the Holy Ghost has told me today that God is calling people out of this service to be sent into the mission field. It's in your DNA, Atlantic provinces. It's in your DNA to send missionaries. I'm telling you right now, there's a missionary call in this room. It's in this room right now. We're not here just to jump all weekend. Thank God for that, what He's done for us. But we are here so that we can be used by God and to be sent into all the world. I'm going to ask you in a moment just to lift your hands and pray. And I'm going to ask you just to ask God to connect you with the mission that He has for your life. There's some people that you're a gift to the body of Christ. There are preachers, evangelists, teachers. There are prophets in this room. There are apostles in this room. There are people that God is calling to do a work for Him. 20 years old, Went to Nova Scotia in 1952, preached the first revival. Within the first year, they planted a church. The second year, they planted a church. The third year, they planted a church. And he began to plant churches in Nova Scotia year after year. He reached one man that was named Tony Grado. Didn't have a dad. Widowed mom. Needed Jesus. Bishop reached that family. That man, Tony Grado, decided one day that he was going to answer the call and go into the ministry. And instead of sitting in his little church in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, he made his mind up that I'm going to go to the campus of Acadia University with my little guitar and I'm going to go preach the gospel. My Catholic brother was in that university, had two beers in his hand, walked by the room that, that Pastor Tony Grado went to was looking for a party on a Friday night he found a, a different party He was a big partier on campus, had all kinds of things he was looking to do with his life. But God, at the right time, found him. And in that night, he heard about something he had never heard of before, the gift of the Holy Ghost. He went back to his dormitory and said, Jesus, if this is real, I want the Holy Ghost. God filled him with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues for three hours at an Acadia campus university. His son is now a preacher of the gospel. His grandchildren love God. And what I'm telling you today is that you never know what God will do if you will just go. Hallelujah. 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 So here's what I want us to do tonight. In Jesus' name. If you need the Holy Ghost, I think we need to give priority to those that need the Holy Ghost. We've already seen eight receive it tonight. But if you need the Holy Ghost tonight and you want the Holy Ghost, could you just come down to the front real quick? If you've never spoken in tongues as the Spirit gives the ability. Could you come real quick in Jesus' name? Nobody's going to embarrass you. 
But if you sincerely want the Holy Ghost, it's for you. This is why the church exists. So if you're here tonight, would you just come? Come on. Come on. Would you just make your way? I know there are people in this room. Don't be shy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. If you need the Holy Ghost. If you know somebody that needs the Holy Ghost. Come on. Let's make our way down to the altar today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, is there anybody else? You want the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Some children here that need the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we got time for this. Come on, is there anybody else? You want the Holy Ghost today? In the name of Jesus. If you have the Holy Ghost, could you just pray while we're waiting? Could you just talk to God for a moment? In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's some children that want the Holy Ghost today. Come on, is there anybody else? Don't delay. Step right onto the aisle if you don't mind. If you haven't already, step right out into the aisle here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Come on, is there anybody else? Don't be afraid. Just, just receive the, all that God has for you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's believe the Lord is going to fill with His Spirit today. Amen. God's going to fill the Spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're going to begin to pray for these people. We're going to ask God to fill them with the Spirit of the Lord. We're going to simply going to ask God to forgive us. Ask God to cleanse us so that we can get ready to receive His Spirit. Then if you feel a call tonight, if you feel that God is calling to, to a mission, after we're done praying, I want you just to step into this altar, and I want you to build an altar before God and say, God, whatever you have for my life, God, send me. Could you bow your head right now in Jesus' name? Bishop, could you pray? Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the great gift yourself you gave for us and I pray tonight Lord as we gather in this altar oh God it's your will that all men, children adults will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost you promised unto them that believe and walk with you and believe you and give their hearts and lives to you Jesus Jesus, oh, you're so wonderful. You never change. Hallelujah, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, you suffered for us. Leave us an example. We should follow your steps. And I pray tonight those steps took us right to Calvary. From Calvary, oh God, the great resurrection, and to the upper room, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I pray, God, Lord, as you send that calling to each one, may they enter tonight 
and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder right now, young people, you could just respond to this altar call and come and respond to the call of God that's on your life. There's somebody here that's going to be called to the mission field. There's somebody here today that's called to plant a church. There's somebody here called to Bible school. You have not answered the call. But I wonder if you would just close yourself in with God in this closing out night of youth convention. Hear the voice of the Lord. Let God's Spirit breathe upon you and send you into the harvest field. pray church come on Jesus name come on let that burden settle in hallelujah some of you elder ministers that are in the congregation if you could be sensitive to God and just pray and lay hands on these young people in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on some some young person tonight is going to receive a call you've never felt it before You've heard about it, but you're going to receive a call tonight. In the name of Jesus, God is going to gift you today by His Spirit. He's sending you out of this youth convention. He's sending you into your high school. Come on, He's sending you into your community. Come on, there's an anointing upon some young person that's in this room. Be sent by the Holy Ghost tonight. Be sent by the Holy Ghost. It's not you. It's Christ inside of you. You don't have to have it figured out, but you've been given the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh God, we pray the Lord of the harvest, as the scripture says, send forth laborers into the harvest field. Send forth laborers tonight, God. Send your spirit into this room, God, and call, God, young people into the harvest fields. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.